0: Welcome, you are listening to Aftersight. This recording is intended solely for individuals who are blind or have low vision. Thank you for joining us for this Friday, February 2nd edition of the Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. Today we will be reading from the following main articles. Broomfield police investigate a possible bomb, pipe bomb, found during a traffic stop. The commission denies a drilling application at Coyote Trails following opposition from Erie and Broomfield. Kelly Rowski writes about people and plants and this week, What's in Your Supplement? We'll also talk about Broomfield events for the week. And Carrie Pettis, the bookwoman, reviews Shawn Michaels' latest novel. Exploring unlikely collaboration between art and AI. A longtime Broomfield police officer dies off duty, and Broomfield got ahead of that curve to change the concept of a classic lawn. These and other articles. Broomfield police investigate a possible pipe bomb found during a traffic stop. Broomfield police found an item that resembled a homemade pipe bomb during a traffic stop Tuesday night. Broomfield spokeswoman Rachel Haslett said approximately at 6.40 p.m. Tuesday, an officer stopped a driver in the northeast corner of a parking lot at 120th Avenue and Sheridan Boulevard. The officer found that the driver had an active warrant out of Adams County and arrested the driver. After seeing an item in the car that resembled a homemade pipe bomb, police closed the parking lot and called in the Adams County Bomb Squad out of an abundance of caution. The squad disposed of the item, according to Haslett. During the search, police also found drugs and drug paraphernalia. At 10.45 p.m. on Tuesday, police posted on X that the scene had been cleared and the parking lot was reopened. The Commission denies a drilling application at Coyote Trails following opposition from Erie and Broomfield. The Colorado Energy and Carbon Management Commission has denied drilling applications at Coyote Trails after Erie and Broomfield presented information opposing the drilling. The Commission voted 4 to 1 during the Wednesday hearing to deny extraction oil and gas application for additional drilling and hydraulic fracking of 11 wells at the location. The proposed drilling pad is outside of Erie Limits, northeast of the intersection of Sheridan Parkway and Weld County Road 4. Erie and Broomfield were given 15 minutes to present their information opposed to the drilling. The Commission denied the municipality's petition to testify as an affected persons, but were still given a platform to speak during the hearing. Erie Environmental Services Director David Frank said that the town is pleased with the commission's rule as it will protect residents' health and well-being. He said the rule is a victory for Coloradans who live near oil and gas facilities that were approved before Senate Bill 19-181, which gives local governments regulatory authority over surface impacts of oil and gas development. Erie will continue to fight to ensure that the health and safety remains priority to the commission and that the rules and regulations of the state of Colorado are properly enforced, according to Frank. According to an Erie news release, Coyote Trails was approved for a 45-well drilling pad in 2017, but only 27 wells were drilled at that time. Erie and Broomfield asked to be part of the hearing due to the location being approved about five years ago changes in land use in and around the area and a change in regulations after the passing of senate bill 19-81 extraction oil and gas did not respond to request for comment boulder faces a backlash over homeless day center plan boulder's plan to add a homeless day services center at the boulder shelter for the homeless At 4869 Broadway is sparking backlash among community members who live nearby. Some city officials have envisioned the center as a one-stop shop where people experiencing homelessness can access a variety of essential services and resources. One of the primary goals of the center will be to help clients get into housing but it's also intended to offer supportive services and a place for unhoused residents to spend time during the day. However, the original management plan for the shelter drafted more than 20 years ago when the shelter moved to its current spot on the north end of Broadway, specified that the shelter would only be open overnight and that it would not provide daytime services. Adding a day services center there will require changing the management plan to allow the shelter to stay open 24-7, a change many neighbors oppose. Numerous residents in the Dakota Ridge and Holiday neighborhoods of North Boulder spoke during a Good Neighbor meeting on Wednesday evening with city staffers and Boulder Shelter for the Homeless Board members. Bruce Goldstein cited concerns around safety, security, increased foot traffic and congestion and the potential for more noise and disturbances in the neighborhood he also said he feared possible impacts on neighborhood property values other speakers echoed many of the same themes in their comments with some going as far as to call for a 24 7 police presence near the shelter at least one speaker Craig Zittis said he had safety concerns, but also questioned the practicality, practicality of adding a day services center at the shelter, which is three miles north of the downtown area where most of the city's unhoused live. I worry that the road being chosen is done because it's easier, not because it's the best, he said. What's most accessible to the homeless that are in need These days are services that we're attempting to provide. How easy is it for them to reach the Boulder Shelter for the homeless? Will they use the facility? Are we meeting them where they are? If not, they will not use it and the best of our intentions will not be realized. Many speakers said they felt that the city had not communicated transparently about the plans to add a day services center at the shelter and that the decision had been made without their input. This feels like a sham, said Corey Potash. I was going to ask where we are exactly in the process, but it sounds like it's a done deal. So this meeting really has no purpose for us, except that you're checking off your list that you've done a community participation because I don't see that anything can change. One neighbor, Shane Propicio, said he strongly supported having the services center at the shelter. If anything, were lessening strains on nearby parks and public spaces by providing a place for human beings to go during the day to get needs and services that everyone desires, he said. City officials said they heard and understood the residents' concerns, that the concerns would be taken into consideration, but Allison Blaine, a senior city planner, clarified that changes to the shelter's management plan are done via an administrative process that does not require a public hearing. It's a staff level decision so staff will review the application and decide whether to approve the center at the shelter's location, Blaine said. Boulder officials had originally planned to open the center in a vacant one-story office building at 1844 Folsom Street. But by last fall, the owner and developer of the Folsom Street building had pulled out of an agreement to allow the center there. A few months earlier, neighbors in the adjacent Horizon West condominiums had vocally opposed the center opening there. If the application for the management plan change is approved, the city plans to open the day services center at the shelter sometime early this year. A longtime Broomfield police officer dies off-duty. Longtime Broomfield police officer Michael Traub, who received a medal of bravery for his actions in the Boulder King Super shooting, died on Wednesday. In a message on Facebook commemorating his death, the Broomfield police department stated that he had passed away unexpectedly while off-duty. Our hearts are broken as we work to process this loss, according to Broomfield Police Chief Enya Hempelman. Officer Trout was a dear friend and colleague and he will be missed by so many. Trout joined the Broomfield Police Department in 2001 and went on to serve in detention, flat iron services and traffic. He became a core member of the traffic unit in 2017 and served as a field training officer for many years. While the grief is profound, the joy in celebrating Officer Trout's life is tremendous, the Post read. Broomfield Police said Trout was a grandfather, father and husband who received many letters, awards and commendations for his service. In 2021, Trout received a Medal of Bravery for his actions in the King Super shooting in Boulder. One Boulder police officer and nine civilians were killed in the shooting before officers from various agencies were able to arrest the suspected shooter. There are no words adequate enough to express the police department's gratitude for his many years of service and dedication to both BPD and the Broomfield community. Comments on the post offered condolences and shared memories of working with Trout. Our thoughts and prayers are with Officer Trott's family, both blood and blue, according to the Boulder Police Department. Broomfield events for this week. On Sunday, Dungeons and Dragons Community Group will meet, and this is a multi-generational program recommended for ages 10 and up. They meet Sunday at 1.15 at the Broomfield Library and Auditorium. This is a free event. Also on Sunday, the Little Mermaid performance. Dance Atoile's beautiful adaptation of Hans Christian Andersen's original story will take audiences to the magical underwater kingdom as a young mermaid princess glimpses life beyond the ocean and is enchanted with what she sees. With all-new choreography by Marie-José Poignet, musical pieces by composer Bruce Klepper, and a cast of delightful sea creatures. This ballet is perfect for anyone who enjoys a classic story. This will be at 2 p.m. Sunday at the Broomfield Auditorium, 3 Community Park Road. Tickets range between $18 and $23 and can be purchased online at brownpapertickets.com. On Tuesday, Tech Cafe at The Refuge You can stop by with brief questions about smartphones, tablets, laptops, e-readers, or apps. No registration is required. They meet at 10.30 a.m. Tuesday at the Broomfield Library, and this event is free. For more information, you can phone 720-887-2350. Also on Tuesday, toddler and preschool story time, Support early learning and develop a love of reading with stories, songs, and rhymes, followed by a time to socialize and play. The program is best for toddlers and preschoolers between the ages of 2 and 5 and their families. they meet at 9.30 a.m. Tuesday at the Broomfield Library. This event is free. For more information, you can phone 720-887-2300. Also on Tuesday, the Workforce Services. Through an array of no-cost services and supports, the Career Coach connects talented job seekers with services for employment opportunities. The services provided to job seekers include one-on-one career coaching, job search assistance, resume assistance, interview preparation, assessments, and upskilling resources. They meet at 9 a.m. on Tuesday at the Broomfield Library, For more information, phone 720-887-2350. On Wednesday, Invent HQ Open House. You can drop in to take a tour of Broomfield Library's Marker Space Invent HQ. Stop by to meet the staff and learn about ways to invent, learn, play, and build community. They meet at 5 p.m. Wednesday, Invent HQ Marketplace Six Garden Center on the second floor in Broomfield. The event is free, and for more information, you can phone 303-460-6836. Also on Wednesday, multilingual music and movement. Support early learning and development with music, stories, movement, and dancing in multiple languages, followed by time for kids and caregivers to socialize and play. English and Spanish will be emphasized. This program is best for children ages two to five and their families. They meet at 9.30 a.m. on Wednesdays at the Broomfield Library. For more information, phone 720-887-2300. On Thursday, Baby Story Time. Support early learning and develop a love of reading with stories, songs, and rhymes for babies zero to two. Story Time is followed by Time for babies and their caregivers to socialize and play. They meet at 9.30 a.m. on Thursday at the Broomfield Library. Also on Thursday, Broomfield Chess Club. You can connect with other chess players to hone your skills. Participants are asked to bring their own chess sets if they have one. This is for ages 12 and up. They meet at 6 p.m on Thursday at the Broomfield Library. Also on Thursday, hikes for seniors. You can enjoy a leisurely walk, an afternoon full of observing resident bald eagle nesting pair. Learn about the bald eagles of Boulder County and their life cycle. They meet at 1 PM on Thursday at the Carolyn Holmberg Preserve at Rock Creek Farm. Located at 2100 South 104th Street, this event is free. And for more information about the hike, you can phone 303-678-6214. Also on Thursday, History Reads Historical Fiction Book Group. You can join this book group to discuss a different historical fiction title each month. This month, the group will discuss Horse by Geraldine Brooks. They meet at 9.30 a.m. Thursday at the Broomfield Library, and for more information, 720-887-2300. Also on Thursday, read to a dog. Students in kindergarten through fifth grade can build confidence and fluency in their abilities by reading aloud to trained therapy dogs. Bring a book or choose a library book and the dogs will listen without correcting or judging. They meet Thursday at 3.45 p.m. at the Broomfield Library, and you can call 720-887-2300 for more information. On Saturday, bilingual family story time. You can support early learning and develop a love of reading with stories, songs, and rhymes in both English and Spanish, followed by a time to socialize and play. Best for ages 0 to 5 with an adult. And again, this is Saturday at 10.30 a.m. at the Broomfield Library. Also on Saturday, Mile High Yo-Yo Club. Beginner and experienced throwers alike can join this vibrant community. Bring a yo-yo or use one of the extras on hand. They meet at noon on Saturday at the Broomfield Library. And lastly, on Saturday, the Outcasts Knitting Group. This Broomfield Library offers free one-on-one tech tutoring for help with devices. You can bring a laptop. Actually, this doesn't sound like this is the knitting group. But at any rate, they meet at 1 p.m. at the Broomfield Library. Carrie Pettis writes about people and plants. And this week, what's in your supplement? I spend a lot of time researching and writing about the people and plant connection. I enjoy highlighting individual plants and exploring their history, growing environments, and health benefits. The other day over dinner with my husband, he was filling me in on a podcast he listened to while commuting to work. He shared that since supplements are not regulated by the FDA, there's literally no telling what exactly is in the ingredients. Over the decades, a number of individuals have become severely ill and even died from various supplements. Harvard shares a PDF online that highlights some of these cases. Most involve weight loss, muscle building, and sexual enhancement supplements, although one incident involving green tea purchased at a nutrition store was also cited as problematic. This concerns me because I personally take Quite a few supplements and regularly highlight the potential benefits of plants in my column. So what do we do? In my opinion, first and foremost, we need to focus on eating plants in their natural state, meaning whatever's on your dinner plate looks like Mother Nature intended. This also includes drinking loose-leaf teas and herbal tassanes obtained from reputable sellers. Since the FDA does not regulate supplements, it's the wild, wild west out there. Buyer beware. Here are some guidelines from the FDA on purchasing supplements. First, be alert to the possibility of a bad reaction or side effect. If you experience an adverse event, report it to the FDA. Remember, you can take too much of a supplement. This includes vitamins and minerals. Using supplements with herbs or prescriptions and over-the-counter medications can have unintended side effects. Always talk to your healthcare provider before purchasing or taking supplements. WebMD also shares some helpful advice as well as a list of questions you can take with you to talk to your doctor or pharmacist. One, look for evidence in scientific studies. You can search for these in the National Institutes of Health PubMed databases. If a product has bold claims that it can cure a disease or that it's natural, be careful. Also look for brands with the following seals on their labels, NSF International, US Pharmacopoeia, Underwriter's laboratory or consumer lab. This verifies that the product contains the correct ingredients. Lastly, be wary of supplements made outside of the U.S. as they may have toxic substances. Personally, other than my multivitamin, I take mostly single ingredient supplements in the form of organic teas and powders. If you're interested in further reading on supplements, I have heard good things about Catherine Price's book, Vitamania, Our Obsessive Quest for Nutritional Perfection. This week, Carrie Pettis, the book woman, reviews Shawn Michaels' book, Do You Remember Being Born? This latest novel explores the unlikely collaboration between art and AI. A modestly successful poet named Marianne Farmer is approached by a famous tech company and asked if she will write a poem with their new computer named Charlotte. Needing the money to loan to her son, Marianne agrees. The company flies her first class from New York to California, where she'll spend a week working with the AI department and Charlotte. Their collaborative poem will receive national press coverage and a huge first print running. Marianne puts on a brave face, and once she and Charlotte have been introduced, Marianne learns how to communicate through typing, and they begin their unlikely team project. One of the first questions Marianne asks Charlotte is, Do you remember being born? Charlotte replies, It's like when you have forgotten about something and then suddenly you remember it. Everything comes back to you at once. This very human response astonishes Marianne, but also encourages her to think that this writing project might just work. Marianne will have lapses in this confidence as the week progresses and she begins to find Charlotte's poetic contributions lacking in depth or coherence, but she's committed and struggles onward. The unusual plot Frequent humorous moments and the sturdiness of Marianne's character carry this book along, reading how the two created poetry was a bit like watching sausage being made, not something one really wants to know, but intriguing nonetheless. Again, the book by Shawn Michaels is Do You Remember Being Born? Thank you for joining us for Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aftersight.org or by calling 303-786-7777.